Well, hello again. Hi. All right, so before we get into the message tonight, kind of, I want to say one thing. Um, and I don't, yeah, I don't want to ruin the mood or anything. Um, so as you're leaving, if you need your pen, keep it and use it for small groups. If you don't, just drop it back into the bucket because we go through a lot of pens every week. So that would help us a lot with our budget. Or next year, I need a pen budget. So, yeah, if you can just drop your pen in there, it would be great. If not, then you can keep it for small groups. No problem. So, anyway, we're starting a new series tonight. And over the course of the next three weeks, we're going to look at, talk about our identity. And tonight, we're going to look at who we are as a student ministry and our identity, who we are. And then um, next week, we're going to make it a little more personal and talk about your identity and my identity and, and, and who we are as people. And the, the labels that people place on us. And we're going to hit a little bit of that tonight. And then lastly, we're going to talk about the, that, the identity of Christ. So that's kind of the next three weeks, what it looks like. And yeah, so we're starting that off tonight. And we're going to kind of, so tonight, what tonight will look like, if this is your first time, we're going to kind of introduce this, this idea of identity and look at names. And then we're going to um, talk about the specifically our identity as a student ministry. So, do you know what the one thing that we all have in common is? We all have a name. We all have a name. And did you know, whether you realize this or not, did you know that your name is your most valuable possession? It's true. Like, you could be in a room full of 300 people, and people are talking, and somebody could say your name, and you're like, Somebody say my name. Like your, your ears perk when you hear your name. It could, it could be even somebody who sounded like your name. It could be like, my name's Tim. It could be Kim. And I'm like, whoa, did somebody say my name? Like you, you, your ears are tuned to that. And your name is your most power, powerful possession. And in Scripture, there's great, great, great significance in names. Many have a prophetic significance. So they name their child a certain thing. In hopes that they will become that thing, that whatever it is that they named them. Um, others, it reflect their, their, their faith in God, their obedience to God, their gratitude, gratitude towards God. But in Scripture, names are very significant. And every name has a meaning. So, let's look at a couple of these. First of all, Jesus. Jesus. His name means Savior or Deliverer. And if you grew up in church, if you kind of know the church background, we know that Jesus was our Savior. He, he saved us from our sins. He delivered us from our sins. Now, the people back then was looking for a different Savior to deliver them from the political bondage that they were in, but he came to deliver us from our spiritual bondage. And then Christ means anointed or chosen one. Also, Isaac in the Bible means laughter. And if you know the story of Isaac, you know that Abraham and Sarah, when God told them that they were going to have a child, they pretty much laughed in God's face because they were so old. Like, there's no way we can have a child at this point. But the covenant that God made with Abraham said, you'll be a father of many nations, and you have a child. Jabez means sorrow or trouble. How, how would you like that name if your name was Trouble? Oh, that'd be bad, wouldn't it? And then David means well-beloved or dear. So names have meanings. Now, 
A lot of thought went into the name of, my, of our three kids. We have three kids, Selah, Josiah, and Isaiah. Um, I'll say 95% of the thought was for my wife. So she spent, no joke, she spent hours upon hours looking at names and the meaning behind names and different things. So we have three kids. Our first one is Selah. Now, Selah, the meaning is kind of, it's not, we don't know exactly what it means. But it's in the Psalms. You see, if you read the Psalms, you see Selah kind of off to the side. It's kind of by itself. And the best that we can tell is it's a pause or reflection. So if you're reading the Psalms and you see the word Selah, you're not supposed to read anything else. You're supposed to stop what you're doing and pause and reflect on what you just read. And it's a musical term called the Psalms or songs that were sung back then. So the best thing I can relate it to is in music, like we just sung three songs, there was a time that it was just music playing with no words. And I don't know what you were doing during that time. Maybe you were thinking about food or a girl or a boy or whatever. But the purpose behind it was for you to reflect on what we've been singing and for you to pray and use that time reflectively. But... That's kind of the, the, base, the, the closest thing. So we didn't know this, but Selah is very musical. Now, I don't know if that was prophetic or what, but we named Selah Selah, and, which is a musical um, term, and she's very musical. So I want to show you a couple of videos of Selah. Now, these, these videos were um, back when she was much younger, and she is still musical. So here's, here's the first one. This is um, Selah when she was probably three or four. This is her song, by the way. There's Isaiah. I mean, Josiah. She gets her dance moves from her mom, by the way. The finale. There you go. So there it is. She's very musical. And even, even today, like, she loves dancing. Like, I, we, we did the, the father-daughter dance a couple months ago, or, yeah, I guess a couple months ago. And it was here, and, oh, my gosh, like, I was pouring out sweat because I was dancing so much with her. It was incredible. So she loves, and even a couple weeks ago, there was a wedding that happened here, and she went out there with one of her buddies and one of her friends, and it was a girl. It wasn't a guy. We won't allow that. Um, <laughs> and she danced for a while, and she loves dancing. So this next one shows you, um, so she can play the guitar, and she's been playing since she's this age. So this is her um, early on playing the guitar. So here it is. There you go. There, I, I told you, she is, she is, she's very musical. So we named her a musical term, and there you go. She is, it happened. So prophecy, I guess. All right, now let's, let's fast forward a little bit. Back in 2007, I was not working. I was finishing my degree, uh, my seminary degree, 
and my wife was working part-time. She was making enough money for us to, to survive. And we found out on a Friday that she would not have a job on Monday. And we had a house. We put our house up for sale very quickly. Um, luckily, it sold within a couple weeks. And finished my degree. We moved into my parents' house um, for nine months while we looked for a job. So during this time, we saw God's hand all over us. We saw him provide for us. We, we had checks given to us like that was not expected. And God, again, just supported us, supported us and survived, uh, um, yeah, provided for us. And during this time, we got pregnant with Josiah. Again, no job, living with my parents' house, at my parents' house in a bedroom. Two dogs, a almost two-year-old, and now we're pregnant. <laughs> All right, so during this time, it was incredible. Again, we saw God's hand all over us. We ended up getting a job. We moved to Chapin, South Carolina, where we were for the past almost nine years before we came here. And again, through all of this, we saw God's hand on us, and he supported us. So, and we didn't find out what any of our kids were before they were born. So we had two names picked out for all of our kids, a boy name and a girl name. So Josiah was born. And this is what Josiah's name means, the Lord supports. Because of the season that we were in, we saw God's hand, and he, he supported us. He supported us through all of that. So out of the season that we're in, we named him that. And that just fits our life then. And then Isaiah, what do I say about Isaiah? Um, his name means the salvation of the Lord, which is our prayer for each of our kids, that they'll have this salvation from God. Now, it could go the op- opposite way. We have a friend who has a, a boy a little older than Josiah, and he, he, he's, he's crazy, okay? He, he destroys things. He, he's wild. Like they had a sofa, and he took scissors or a knife or something and put holes all in it. And his name, his name is Jonah. And if you look at the name for Jonah, it means destroyer. So you need to be careful. If your name's Jonah, I'm so sorry. Um, but we, we take very strong consideration on what we name our kids. And names are very significant. In Scripture, they're very significant. So in Scripture, there's a story in the Bible about a man named Jacob. And it's in the Old Testament. And Jacob wrestles with this, this angel or this man sent from God. Scripture's not really clear on who this person is. But he struggles with this person hour after hour after hour until daybreak. And finally, this man says to Jacob, let me go. And Jacob says, I would not let you go until you bless me. And then this man asked Jacob a question. He says, what is your name? What is your name? Now, this question has a bit of history to it. If you're familiar with Scripture, if you've been in church and heard these stories growing up, you know the story. But before this happened, we meet Jacob much earlier in Scripture. Jacob had a brother named Esau. And Jacob deceived his father into giving him the blessing over his brother Esau. See, back then, the father would give the oldest son a blessing, and it was very significant. I don't really understand how significant it was, but it was a big deal. 
that you received the blessing from your father. So in that culture, in that time, the father would give the older son a blessing, and the father was blind. Isaac was blind. So Jacob deceived his father and went to him and says, I'm here to receive the blessing. I'm giving you the, the cliff notes. I'm here to receive the blessing. And his father kind of sensed something wasn't quite right. And he asked Jacob a question. He says, who are you? And Jacob says, I am Esau, your son. And he received the blessing. So when we first meet Jacob, he is trying to be someone else. And when Esau found out, he was furious what happened. And Jacob ran for his life. Now, during this time... Your name was more than just words. Like you may not think much about your name. You might think it's just a name. But during this time, your name was much more than just words. Your name was your identity. It was your, a reflective of your character, of your very essence. So when this man who was wrestling with Jacob says, what is your name? What he was really asking was, who are you? Who are you? So the struggle of Jacob is the struggle of all of us. Someone asks you, what is your name? But the real question is, who are you? Who are you? We all have past families that we come from, mistakes that we've made. We, we've all been and done things that we shouldn't have done, things that have shaped us. And what we need to understand is we need to embrace our story. We need to embrace our past because it's your story. It is your story. You don't have to be proud of it, but you must claim it because it's yours. So some of you may wish, some of you may wish you, you, your story was different than what it is. Some of you may hate things about yourself. Some of you may wish you had that family instead of your own family. Some of you may wish you had that body instead of your own body. Some of you may think you've blown it and that your past and your mistakes, they define who you are, but that is a lie. And next week, we're going to talk much more about this very topic. So there's this moment when Jacob is beside the river. And the man asks, what is your name? And Jacob responds, I am Jacob. Jacob has struggled and he is done pretending. Jacob is ready to be Jacob. So sometimes in Scripture... We see where God or someone else, a lot of times it's God, where God changes someone's name. Like, for example, Abraham wasn't always Abraham. Abraham's name used to be Abram. Abram means high father. Abraham means a father of a great multitude. So in Genesis 32, this is what it says. And he said to him, what is your name? This is the man wrestling with Jacob. What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel or Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. So Jacob's name changed. This is what Jacob means. Jacob means undermines and deceiver. And what God was saying is like, this is, not your, this is not who you are anymore. Your identity is changing. Then Israel means 
the one who struggles with God and prevails. Jacob's story changed. His identity is now different. So time and time again in Scripture, we see where God changed someone's name from who they used to be to who they are now. And I don't know if you realize this or not, but that also has happened to one of you. I don't know if you know the story of Ruthie, but she's going to come up and share part of her story. But Ruthie wasn't always Ruthie. But I'll let her share that instead of me. marks the anniversary of this picture 13 years ago um, on September 2nd 2004 my family and I were headed to um, a regular church event called Awana and we got in a car accident Um, I had been life flighted to Children's Mercy when the doctors told my parents I wasn't going to make it Um, and if I did they didn't know what conditions I might be in, like I might not be able to talk or walk. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Three days later, I walked out of the hospital. Um, When I was in the hospital, my mom did not like the name Anna Ruth. Um, She wanted to name me Ruthie Joy because Joy comes in the morning, and on the third morning, I woke up and yeah, um, um, this is my family that next October my mom found out in the hospital that we had not had a family picture taken yet and she was really scared we would never get one so the next month we got some family pictures and this is my family now um, now we have my little brother and it's great. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing. So sometimes it's not even that, or it's not even a scripture. Sometimes we feel prompted by God to change our name or maybe our child's name because of something significant that's happened in, the, in their life. And we see that with, with, with Ruthie. A significant event happened that caused their parents to, to kind of reevaluate their, their life and, and what was happening and their priorities. So I don't know your story. We heard just a little bit of Ruthie's story. But we all are here and we all have a story. And some of your stories, you probably will be embarrassed to tell me. But we all have a story. I don't know who you are, but I do know who God says you are. And we're going to spend, like I said, we're going to spend a lot more time on this very subject next week. And I would strongly, strongly, strongly encourage you guys not to miss next week. So what we're going to do now is we're going to kind of change gears a second. And hopefully it's a smooth transition. Because we want to still kind of stay on this topic, but we want to change it to who are we? Who are we as a student ministry? So there's this quote 
you may have heard it said that if you aim at nothing, you'll gain it. You're, you're, you'll hit it every time. Sorry, let me get off that. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And that is a problem. So the solution is to aim well. And Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I believe that that is also true for a ministry where we don't have clear vision, then we're going to spin our tires and not go anywhere. Ministries can't get off the ground without vision. And it's true for not only ministries, it's, clear for, it's, it's, it's true for companies, for whatever, as you get older, even your school maybe. But there's a lot of pressure for leaders to have clear vision. There's a lot of pressure for me to have clear vision for the student ministry. I'm sure there's a lot of pressure for our pastor Joe to have clear vision for the direction of this church. Because where there's no vision, the people will perish. So, what is the vision? What is the vision for this student ministry? Well, first of all, I believe names are important. Because again, Names aren't just names. It's who we are. So who are we as a student ministry? What is reverb? What is it? If we were sitting down and having coffee, even though I don't like coffee or having ice cream. I like ice cream. Um, If we're sitting down one-on-one, and I would ask each and every one of you, what is reverb? What is it? I would probably get 300 different answers. Some of you don't know what reverb is. Some of you would say, oh, reverb is where I step to Christ. Some of you say, reverb is fun. Some of you say, reverb is boring. Some of you say, reverb, I don't know what you would say. But there would be a lot of different answers about what reverb is. This ministry, this ministry that, that you are at right now, this ministry is not a ministry of its own. This ministry doesn't, it doesn't have its own silo, and we do things the way we want to do things, and we don't do things... No, this ministry is, is a part of a bigger, grander vision. The vision of this church, Fellowship Bible Church, that you're in right now, is a vision of this ministry. We share the same vision. So what I want to do for just a few moments is look at three different perspectives of this, of this word fellowship. So I want to give it, to you the worldview, which is, if you look up this word in any dictionary, this is what you'll get. Fellowship. Friendly association, especially with people who share one's interests. Okay? That's pretty good. Fellowship. A friendly association. This is, I want us to be a friendly ministry. When visitors walk through these doors, I want us to greet them and for us to be friendly to them. And we all share one interest. And that one interest is Jesus Christ. Whether you believe in him or you don't believe in him. Whether you have a relationship with him or you don't have a relationship with him. That is our one interest. So this is not a bad definition of the word fellowship. Now, if you want to get biblical, there's a Greek word for fellowship. It's the word koinonia. And this is what it means. Christian fellowship or communion with God. Or more commonly, with fellow Christians. So as we come together, we are coming together for one purpose. 
we, I don't, I don't want us to view ourselves as 300 different people in different backgrounds. I want us to view ourselves as a family. Fellowship, Christian fellowship or communion with God or more commonly with fellow Christians. And again, there's some of you who have accepted Christ and you are a Christian. Some of you have not, and that is fine. We're glad you're here. Because the next part of this is we're going to narrow it down even closer to us. So we looked at Webster's definition of fellowship. We looked at the Greek definition of fellowship, which is koinonia. So what is fellowship to us for this church? And a lot of you guys know this. Fellowship Bible Church is a place where we want to help people find and follow Jesus Christ. That is who we are as a church. And our vision as a student ministry is no different than our vision as a church. We want to help students find and follow Jesus Christ. That is our identity. And the question I would ask you if we were having ice cream or a donut or something, I would ask you this question. Are you behind this vision? Are you behind trying your best to help people find and follow Jesus Christ? And I would think for a lot of you guys, you would say, yes. Yes, I am behind the vision. And I think last week was a perfect example of you being behind the vision. We saw we had 373 of you guys here last week, which is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, you can clap for that. That is, that is you guys getting behind the vision, vision of this church and this ministry. And it doesn't go, it's, 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 it goes way beyond just you inviting someone to church. It's you taking the gospel of Jesus Christ, making it a part of your life, and then sharing that with others. It's easy for us to invite people to church. It's a little bit harder for us to share the gospel with our friends. And we want to be a, a ministry who equips you to do that. So are you behind this vision? I heard somebody was saying earlier, one of the adults said that one of the maybe seventh grade boys invited like 70 kids last week. That's incredible. I don't even know 70 people. That's incredible. And like 15 or 20 of them came. (laughs) One dude. That's incredible. Are you behind this vision? So, just like there are times in Scripture where there's a name change, we also are changing our name. (laughs) We're no longer going to be called Reverb. Why, Tim? It's just a name. No. No. It is so much more than a name. It's our identity. It's who we are. And guess what? This is a big deal. I really believe this is a huge deal. Because it's been reverb for a long time. Two youth ministry pastors ago is who named it reverb. It's been probably eight or nine years since it's been reverb. It's been since a lot of you guys have been just wee little. So why are you changing it, Tim? What's the big deal? What's, what's the point of it? Because 
It's who we are. Names are important. Names are important to us. It's not just a name. It's our identity. And this is, for some of you, this is going to take a lot of getting used to. It is. So, Tim, (laughs) fill us in. What's happening? So we're no longer reverb. And what we're doing is we're putting a name of who we are back into our student ministry. We're putting the name of who we are, of our identity, back into our student ministry. Fellowship, Bible, church is who we are. So what is the name of our student ministry? It's not very exciting. To me it is. But to you it may not be. Fellowship students. Fellowship students. So we know what fellowship is. We know the vision behind this church, which is also the vision behind our student ministry. And the word church, the Greek word is ekklesia, which is an assembly or a gathering. And I really wanted to to call Wednesday nights the gathering, but it was always taken by a church. So we can't do that. So what we want, it's very simple. I'm a very simple guy. So our, our Wednesday nights, this is going to be simply midweek. Midweek gathering. For us to come as a family and worship and play, learn, go deep in song groups. But overall, we are fellowship students. You can say fellowship student ministry if you want to. And I realize some of y'all are going to be saying reverb for, for a while because you're, it's ingrained in your head. I totally understand that. But reverb is a name. But fellowship, students, is who we are. And that's the vision that we're driving in this ministry. And there is another part of this. Because this, I've heard this multiple times since I've been here. Someone, someone will invite someone to reverb. And they're like, what is Reverb. See, if you invite someone to fellowship students or midweek or whatever it is, it puts the name back into our identity. Oh, fellowship. Well, that must be Fellowship Bible Church. And then you can see there's a wave there. Tim, we're 12 hours from the ocean. <laughs> what in the world is there a wave? Well, guess what? You're in the mountain campground right now, which we're eight hours from any mountains. We're in Kansas, by the way. I don't know if you knew this. Hey, there's no place like home, but we're not very close to any mountains or any ocean. But I, if you went on the fall retreat, I mentioned this for the first time on the fall retreat. And here's the idea behind the wave. College football is starting up, right, this week. And I know K-State our fans are pretty excited for football. I'm not sure if KU fans are. Um, but if you, go, if you go to a major, listen, if you go to a major college football game, there's one section that's a little crazier than other sections. What section is it? The student section. They're the ones that's going crazy. They're the ones taking their shirt off. 
They're the ones that probably had way too much to drink before the game. But they're the ones, listen, they're the ones that gets everyone hyped up for the game. They're the ones. They get everyone hyped up for the game. And they get the players hyped up. And they're going crazy. I've been to a few games before. And the student section is always crazy. Now, there's this thing that happens at a football game, if you've been to it. It's called the wave. Now, where does the wave always start? Whether you realize this or not, it starts in the student section. You don't see section 104 up here with a lot of guys my age and older saying, Hey, guys, we got to start the wave. And we start and it, it, it dies very quickly. But you get students involved. And what happens? All of a sudden, they start it. And it goes around. And some people catch it on. Some people don't. Then it comes back and students hit it again. And then more people catch on. And they're catching on to the wave. Before you know it, the whole place is doing it. And let me tell you, it is incredible to watch. When you're in a stadium of 70 or 80,000 people. And they're doing the wave. But it starts in the student section. And you've heard me say this time and time again. But you guys are the student section. You guys are. The students, the wave, the wave starts here. The wave starts with you guys. You guys are the church today. The, the mission and the vision to help people find and follow Jesus Christ, that is your vision. That is your vision. The wave starts with you. You guys are the church. You're not the church when you graduate college to make money and tie start tithing. And, no, 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 no. You are the church. And some of you guys are doing the church right now. I love the fact that we had all kids except for two adults up here tonight leading us in worship. You guys are being the church. Some of you are, are on the, you're in the stands. You're not in the game. And I truly believe this, that this generation that is in this room has the potential to change the world. I believe that. I believe that we have the potential to see an awakening happen here in Topeka. But I'll tell you a little secret. I don't think it's going to start with the adults. I think it's going to start with you guys. When you see a vision, you get behind a vision, I know you, you, you guys are all in. Are you behind the vision? To see people find and follow Jesus. God may be calling some of you guys to start a Bible study at your school. God may be calling some of you guys to start a, start a prayer time on your campus. This is much, much bigger than Fellowship Bible Church. This is much bigger than that. It, this is the kingdom Are you behind the vision to help people find and follow Jesus Christ? This is who we are. This is our identity. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. 
Thank you for the calling that you have placed on our lives. Thank you for the vision of this church to reach people for you. And thank you for these students. And God, I pray as they get to small groups and as they walk out these doors that they will just catch the wave and that they will be a light and salt to the people around them. And God, I, wanna, I look forward to seeing what you're going to do through this. God, thank you. Thank you for the calling you place with us. Thank you for the vision. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen.